0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. We have with us tonight Mike Falzone. Mike is an impresario. i wanted to use that word for so long. He's an impresario. He is a renaissance man. He has cobbled together multiple careers, uh, as you will see in a moment, and really turned them into quite the entrepreneurial endeavor. Mike nearly died twice in about a two-week period. Sandwiched in between there, he was fired from his job. As he was leaving the hospital after his second near-death experience, he decided, I am never going to work for anyone again. Since that day, Mike has written a successful book, He's toured nationally as a comedian and as a musician. He's um, become a YouTube star with over 150,000 subscribers and nearly 19 million views of his videos. Uh, and he has a legion of fans on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc., um, which he's used to his benefit strategically. We'll talk a little bit about um, how he's done that. You know, Mike was drawn to YouTube like a lot of folks back in 2006. He was a musician, and he saw it really just as a platform to promote his music. Um, But then he really saw that it was something more than that, he's turned it into, again, into a career. Um, I like something that Mike said, and we're going to explore it um, when we talk in a minute here. He said he went from working harder in in his journey of learning how to work smarter. And I think that's a journey that a lot of you are going to be on pretty soon, as well as the hundreds of thousands of people watching this on, on their computers, Oftentimes when you start your journey, you think, if I just work harder, if I just put in more hours, if I just try a little harder, everything's going to change for me. And sometimes stepping back and asking yourself, how can I work smarter? How can I actually think about what I'm doing instead of just doing more of the same? How can I do something strategically um, and make a huge advancement in your career? We'll talk about that um, with Mike as well. I've, I've had that same issue of working harder and then learning to work smarter. So Mike is a Wonderful example of taking that that sphere of things you love to do and matching it up with things that you can do and make money and pay the bills and meshing those together and really building a career um, and living the life that he wants to live, not the life that uh, maybe others uh, wanted for him. And I want to end with a a quote from Mike that I think is a wonderful philosophy um, and I would love for all of you to internalize this thought. Mike said, make other people smile by making yourself happy. And you'll do all right. Let's give Mike a UCSB welcome. Me, man. Thanks for coming. Well, I just want to tell you, this is one of the hardest-working men in show business, and I sent him an email <laughs> it's me, and, and he got back to me within minutes, and he says, "I'm there. This was like a November october or I something
1: nothing going on <laughs> <laughs> this is a slow fall
0: <laughs> no he's like i'm in john whatever you want whatever you
1: need so i, I really appreciate that
0: yeah. i know you you had to make that trek up from la and then the rain and none of that's any fun but Hour we, and a half. we really appreciate it
1: yeah of course thank you guys for pretending like you didn't see me over there
0: <laughs> and clapping do you like oh, that God big God. reveal that was awesome That's <laughs> good and i apologize that you have a sober audience here that's weird yeah there's
1: everyone's sober Show of hands. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> no one raised their. Hand.
0: Their parents might be watching.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's time to be honest with them.
0: <laughs> Johnny, did you raise your hand? <laughs> yeah, the lights are really bright and. Uh, I was going to say, are you those don't have lights light going to
1: be on the whole time?
0: They're on the whole time, man. All right, we're going to be able to see this beautiful crowd and Just uh, look
1: right at you. They're going to be able to see us. You need to help me because I'm will. not the most eloquent. I know. I yeah, no. good. Thank God, <laughs> I was born. No. I met
0: Mike years ago, and um, I've always felt sort of a kinship with him. We hardly ever see each other, but um, there's just sometimes you meet people and you have that feeling. Yeah, we, we had that with, um, I had Stacey Peralta here a couple weeks ago. And you guys remember, he felt that way about George Powell, like they met, and it just seemed like there was a connection there, and they ended up working together for, for many years. So, <clears throat> excuse me, as I mentioned in the... Uh, yeah you an entrepreneur it's a career around a number of different facets. you continue to do that I think that artists in general are very much entrepreneurs you 're creating something from nothing mm-hmm. and then you 're trying to figure out how to get people to pay for that something um, you know if you don 't do that then you 're a starving artist in somebody 's basement and, and nobody ever cares right yeah. that 's certainly not what you are been
1: all those things
0: you 've been all those things and not anymore I
1: still feel like i 'm the second thing you don 't feel like i 'm the second thing that 's maybe what success is is if you being from an outside perspective, right. think I'm not the second one, I made it. You made
0: it. <laughs> well I think point of view is is <laughs> worth a lot of IQ points. It really is. Yeah. So if you had that perception of yourself, then you'd probably be impossible to live with. and Nobody would want to work with you. Like, you collaborate with people all the time, and that probably wouldn't happen. Sure. If you didn't have that hunger, that desire, that energy to, to grow and expand your audience, then you probably wouldn't get anywhere, right? Yeah, a so Complacent
1: though. after a while.
0: Right. It's a yeah. balancing act. So you, you wanted to write a book, and so you decided, well, I don't really have a ton of dough to publish a book, so you did a Kickstarter campaign.
1: Yeah, in the process of doing the same thing right now. I had a meeting with a publisher uh, like two weeks ago, and it didn't go how I thought it mm. was going to go. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, either don't do it, wait for somebody else, or do it yourself. So I think I'm just going to do it myself. Just for and a it's book? A different, I mean, it's a different, like, you probably want to talk about different already off track no let's
0: go i'll keep you on track
1: um but it's like there is a thing about being uh i'm in the stage of my career right now where i'm trying to be Uh, an established Mm stand-up. So I'm trying to get credits, right? you got to be like the guy from The Thing. You have to be the guy who's on the TV show, or you have to have something that people recognize you from. And I think publishing... The thing that you're going to run away from the rest of your career. That's the one. The dynamite. Like the weird, yeah, the weird, whatever I have, like a catchphrase or something embarrassing. That's what I need. (laughs) That thing to run away from. (laughs) Right. Um, But like uh, being able to be a published author as compared to like a self published, which uh was very rewarding, but it's it's somebody else like placing a validation on you that the right. rest of the world can see and be like, that company thought you were good enough right. to do this, you know. But there's a lot of crappy books that get published. There's mostly crappy right. books. I don't know if you've read all the books. I've read all of them. And <laughs> a lot of so them are many. crap.
0: <laughs> no, but for you, I think that I like that validation even more that you went out into your community and you said, I've got this idea. I want to write a book. What do you guys think? And mm-hmm. people gave you the money. They said, we believe in you and we want to read that book. And I gave you the money to yeah. publish it.
1: And the thing is, like, they're going to see it regardless, right? Like, even if somebody publishes it, they're still going to be the people who are going to buy it. Right. Either it's going right. to come directly from me or through a company. I guess it's just... You want like the validation of the outside company, just so other people seeing it from the outside thinks it's bigger than it is. Right. Or like help in expanding your reach to people who would just pick up the book who haven't seen any videos or anything else that I've done.
0: Right. And that's the beauty of having these multiple irons in the fire Mm -hmm. that that you have. The book's called Never Shut Up. Never stop shutting up. Never excuse shutting me, up. I should stop
1: shutting up. <laughs> I don't even. I still don't know what that means. Never stop shutting up. And it's really yeah. funny.
0: I mean, you have all these. In some of the vignettes you've done, you've done videos. Yeah, they're of,
1: like an expanded upon version right. of some of the videos.
0: Right. How to get kicked out of a band, part two. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all, <laughs> all the important. Stuff. All the
0: important stuff. You've sold T-shirts. Are you still doing that? Yeah. Where you come up with the with the, the little catchphrases.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just nice if people uh, watch you every week. I always try to. Um, Anything that I do, like, strategically, business-wise, right. I always kind of base off of, like, what I would like if I was watching that person. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was a fan of me and yeah. I watched my videos. every, I wouldn't watch my videos every week, I don't think, that much, <laughs> you know, looking at this head every week right, for right, years. Right. Um, but I would, eventually, if I had been watching me for, like, five, six years, I'd be like, I want to go to school with a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. that is that dude's t-shirt right same thing with a book or same thing with a hat or whatever
0: well that's the cool thing about you get a shirt like that and then there's that one person that's like dude like what they get th- it right yeah oh, no yeah. they get it Not yeah. they. what is that it's like mike right
1: people tweet me about that all the time because yeah. it's yeah. such like a niche i have that with wrestling fans but there are yeah. millions of wrestling fans and i'm like oh you didn't have any friends in high school either right Right. right. and then we both have that <laughs> thing we but both then <laughs> but then if you're like oh mike own t-shirt that's so specific yeah
0: yeah, yeah. So that was my favorite is, I, I said this to you in my email, Like my my favorite is still, I've never been a lifeguard. It's <laughs> yeah. so random. Yeah. But it's, like it's made like
1: all the, because you go to New Jersey or you right. go to like, I'm the sure fake there's, lifeguard a, closer, there's yeah. a closer example than New Jersey. Right. But if you Fitness go like Beach. on the pier, anyway, yeah. everything says like, Venice Beach lifeguard. It's right. like, dude, you've never been there. <laughs> there's no way.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at you and you, you are a lifeguard. build for it. So you have had these twists and turns. You went... And then you went into—you never left music, but then you did more of the YouTube, more of the vlogging, mm-hmm. the, the walkie-talkie stuff, the walking around. And we'll talk about a couple mm-hmm. of those videos. Um, and now comedy is the central core of what you're of what you're going after. Do you feel like that's all been very natural? Yeah. In the way that that's evolved, so or
1: they say like any comedy books you read or any like veterans that you talk to, they'll say like it's at minimum 10, 15 years to find your voice. Nice. Like- to become an adult and and to be able to like, comedy is is sharing your unique perspective on you know uh, shared experiences mm-hmm. and, and your observations and stuff like that. So to have any of that that's worth a damn, you got to go through some shit, you know. And I always feel like... I tell people that I was a musician for 15 years to figure out that I was a comedian. <laughs> it was a very natural thing. It's like I wrote all these songs about why girls didn't like me because I was an only child. I had no one to just regular talk to it about. <laughs> so I was like, maybe if I find a guitar and I whine about it, people will care more. And they did for a little bit, yeah. for a small time. Uh, He's
0: being humble. Check out his song. He's a very talented Some songwriter. of them are fine. Yeah, yeah, no, they're good.
1: If you like discovering a new me- <laughs> musician where you could look at years of a catalog and be like some of those are all right, <laughs> then that's how you want to spend your night tonight, for sure. <laughs> um, no, but it was fun. I wouldn't I wouldn't take back any of those experiences and there were I was talking about this the other day. There were years where I would there's 365 days in a year and you can look at my MySpace like back uh uh, not back catalog but like the shows yeah. like it keeps all the record of the shows right. there were years where i did like 250 300 shows just like sitting in the corner of some deli whatever wow. playing my songs and cover songs to myself and like you build, that builds something after a while it might not be exactly like i'm not like you know uh Me, I'm not uh, Bruno Mars, right? Right. I really can't think of a better thing than Bruno Mars right now. I'm not. uh, I don't know, man. Whatever. But I'm. You know, Beyonce, (laughs) right? Sure. Uh, But eventually, what happened was I was like, I can get all these ideas and observations out through just talking, right? And I could take away the shield. Uh, You know, you're always kind of with the guitar.
0: Yeah, a lot of musicians say that.
1: And it's like I could strum the last chord of a song and you and everybody else knows that it's the end of the song. So regardless of whether or not you loved it or you liked it or whatever, you're going to clap and that's going to be. Or I could talk about what I want to talk about from my own unique perspective and give it to you. And either you can give me the, you know, belly sensation of like either you laugh or you don't. Mm -hmm. And so it's very like I'm very East Coast when it's like, tell me if I'm good or tell me if I'm not, don't give me this like, right. Hollywood bull where it's like, no, we like it, we're gonna keep you around, and then we'll not do anything. Right. You know. So, comedy is that. It's like you say something, either you laugh or you don't. And uh, I think that's what I was working towards this whole, this whole time.
0: Have you, and I've watched your stand up, again, it's very funny, but I haven't seen you, and if you've done this, correct me, incorporating music into it. So, if you ever. I used to
1: when I first started. When now, you first did, to. some
0: of the early stuff, but um, like Jack Black did it, you know, and mm-hmm. then he ran away from it. But you know Bo Burnham, like he yeah, does it man. like that amazingly well.
1: Different. He's not even a human being. I know. He, he,
0: what it didn't take him 13 years. Like what the hell? No,
1: but I... his brain is just different. Yeah, it he's, fires. A he's a beautiful, beautiful brain.
0: So have you thought
1: about <laughs> beautiful, sexy?
0: <laughs> okay, I think we got issues here. He's scared. <coughs> um, <laughs> he's scared brain. Have you thought about that though? Now that you've sort of come, I'm not giving you career advice, but just no, no. I mean, you... I'll take
1: it, man. You got a You're, the... still...
0: <laughs> You're very, still... very talented musician. You did, and you sort of did that arc, and now you're you've got your voice in comedy. Do you see those coming together at some point? Not I'm to sure, Jack Black I mean, like might, silly stuff, but like bringing even it. Even
1: that, like if, if I could write a silly song. My problem with my comedy songs were they were all about like, like sex and stuff, and like really blue, really easy stuff. Hmm. Blue is like when you talk about like and stuff like that. Make sure you bleep that out. Don't let get through. Absolutely not on the internet. Absolutely not. But they were all about that, and so they're all kind of like easy right. shock value, right, whatever. Right, right. And you're going to hear a word, and you're going to laugh, and then I'm going to give you a misdirection at the end. You're going to laugh, whatever. Right, right, right. If I could talk about the things that I'm talking about now and make it in a way where I would be excited to do it every single night, then I might try it again.
0: I think, I think you. I mean, I think the whole both thing—not you want to copy him, but just that whole like taking you in different directions, yeah. not doing obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you could totally. You already do that with your comedy. I think you could totally do that musically anyway. Well, I'll get I off to this point.
1: That. Dude, another thing is like my last song that I wrote is called uh, You and Me, and I worked with a friend of mine. He's a really cool producer. His name is Jeremy Hatcher. And I it's like... I The song was like my goodbye to music uh, after all these years. It was kind of like a breakup song with music. Right. And I think it's the greatest song I've ever written. Nice. So now I just want to be like... See ya. That was perfect. Imagine if you broke up with someone, (laughs) and right before you break up, you say the greatest thing you ever said. Like, do you want to see that person in like a CVS? That would ruin it. (laughs) No. No, I already said that. Right, you don't want to come out with like an okay song after the best one. Right, right, right. Look at U two. Everyone so, was like, "Why the hell is U two on my iPhone for right. whatever reason?"
0: So, like the, Beatles, <laughs> like the Beatles, you left music on top. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Just top. like them. Yeah, the five hundred people who heard the last song I wrote. <laughs> that was I was like, "You guys enjoy this. I'll see you later."
0: <laughs> We're going to go to the student in one second. Um, so you you talk about working harder versus working smarter. Um, I love that you got to and you said you would get there earlier to the basketball court and I believe you because I know that you got to Uncle Mike's (laughs) at like nine even though you knew you you were going to go on at midnight or one in the morning and the rest of the band's like why are we here Mike and you're like because we have a job to do
1: they hated me I call them as a grown man and I apologize to them sometimes (laughs) because I had these two other dudes who were in a band with me a couple years ago and I would just like I wasn't a, a jerk to them but I would, I would drag them around everywhere because I was the guy who was like, this is the dream. Yeah. And at least one of us has to work this hard right. for us to get any real whatever. Right. And they were kind of just like, we want to play music with our best friends. And they took that for as long as they could. And then I think I was like, guys, go do. Please. Just go do anything. And they didn't put up a fight at all. But I was like, go live your lives. I'm so sorry for <laughs> dragging you from <laughs> Connecticut to New York. You know. Uh, How every th- Thursday I was
0: say was it once a week? oh it
1: would be at least once a week and we wouldn't go on before like we would get there at like 9 and get drunk and then we wouldn't go on before like 12 at right. least right or right. 1 or but 2 but you were the
0: house band weren't you for we that? we had a
1: residency okay, which just sorry. meant it was us and 13 other bands that were awful got it that you had to suffer through every night <laughs> and it was, ba- it was a grind yeah. and, but it was like being from Connecticut and not really having any kind of uh, there was like there's smaller scenes but then right. like you know everybody and you want to go play somewhere else yep. we thought being from Connecticut we had to be in New York you know it's the only way we're going to get seen by anyone yep. no one gets seen by anyone in, in Chelsea at 1 o'clock right, in the morning right. uh, but we figured that out after a couple of years of doing it and, and plus again, you had like, to be
0: able to answer that question that everybody on the east coast asks you if you're in that part of the world and you're in a band do you play the city
1: yeah, like, yeah, the city, and everyone knows which city you're talking right, about. Right. And then you come out here, and you're like, "The right. city," you're like, yeah. uh, weirdo. There are thousands of <laughs> cities. It's crazy. You could be in like a three-four state radio and say, yeah. "The yeah. city." Yeah,
0: if you if you say New York, people are like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know.
1: He no clue. It's the city. Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> so
0: how did you get from, can you give us some examples of the harder to smarter? That was one of kind of saying, okay, we're not going to beat our heads.
1: That's the biggest one is like investing yeah. so many hours in travel to the same places. Doing the same
0: thing over and over again. Playing getting to the, the same, same people results. or no one. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I know in my in my experience, there's actually someone that spoke here a couple years ago, Jason Nazar. You guys, he was a former UCSB class president, very smart guy, been very successful. Um, I was talking to him one time, we we're talking about my writing, and he said, because I was kind of working harder, I was like working harder, not smarter, mm-hmm. and he just said to me, and it was just like you know, hit me at the right moment. He's like, think about the one thing you can do tomorrow to advance your writing. Not the 15 things, the one thing. And it made me really think. And to
1: move forward, not just like to get another thing out.
0: So I ended up, that led me to getting a gig at Forbes, which I've had for four years now. And you know, not that that's like the end of the world, and like I'm a, a best-selling author, but it really upped my viewer. I've had millions of views now in Forbes. It mm-hmm. really raised my profile. Even like
1: name association for like casual conversation. Exactly. Because like when you interviewed me, I was telling some of your students like I really didn't. Maybe I had like seven thousand subscribers, but we for whatever reason hit it off, yep. and you wanted to interview me. And then people still talk about it with like if they don't know my stand-up credits, really. Really. Like you wrote about them in Forbes, nice. and like it might be an internet article or whatever right but they're like it got a
0: decent number of views oh the, yeah the, no, it did really video well. it. yeah yeah
1: yeah, and thank you for that you're welcome for taking a chance it was
0: a hilarious interview i really enjoyed nice it. Good. I, I only put like an excerpt on there but it was, it
1: was yeah good. i didn't put any of the funny stuff in there
0: <laughs> all the funny <laughs> but stuff but you gotta trust me i didn't <laughs> want him <laughs> to show me up so i kept <laughs> editing his funny stuff out no but that's an example from my life of just you know taking that moment to work smarter like i was cranking on my blog and yeah. getting like no readers and all this stuff and then suddenly I got a platform that led to the Wall Street Journal and Inc and Entrepreneur and all these other things. Awesome. So, so that's, I think, what I would invite you guys to think about is take a breath, pull, you know, stop for a second, and just think about what is the one thing I can do this week or the one thing I can do this month that will really take me, not the 15 things, the one thing that will take me to that next level. And you may have to think about it. It may not be obvious.
1: Yeah. And there's like, there's, it really is that like... That's the important part of the sentence, is the moving forward, right. progressing. Because right. you, know, you could do a million things. like Even on YouTube, like, I can make a million of the same type of video and hope yep. that it did as well as the one that blew up or whatever. Right. But what am I going to do at the end of the day or in five years if I'm not trying to be something that will lead me to more right. opportunities? You know? And it's like there's always... Beyonce is the easy example. But like I got to work with The Rock for a little while mm-hmm. recently, and there's always something. Were you like his bodyguard? Yeah, I was his bodyguard. <laughs> it was like over here, Dwayne, <laughs> it's safe over here, Dwayne. Um, but like there's that dude is just flying around doing things constantly, right. and like he doesn't sleep. It's crazy, and so you know I can get tired one week and be like, I'm going to take Thursday and do nothing. right? But there's always something that you could do to move forward on Thursday instead of doing and,
0: it. But sometimes it's better to take that rest.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get revitalized. I'm still not good at like, you know, this is the break weekend or whatever. I right. say yes to everything right. until right. I'm mad. You're the kid
0: everything. that showed up 10 minutes early, man. Yeah. And you're the kid that's got the mics at nine.
1: Super good at foul shots, but <laughs> nothing else. Can't pass to save his life in a game situation. But
0: we'll take the, the next student's question. Hey, Mike. Hi. So YouTube has grown to become a huge platform for people to share their creative endeavors in video form.
1: Um, so where do you draw your inspiration to, like,
0: stand out from all
1: the other videos out there? Um, I try not to, like, compare myself to anybody else. I watch some of my friends sometimes, but I don't watch a ton. I watch stuff that has, like, nothing to do with me. Like, I watch people play video games and stuff. Uh, just so I can, like... I don't know man, I, I don't really, I think I heard John Mayer say something like this in an interview like this, where he was at some college. So I'm having a weird like, full circle moment right now. But uh, he said something like create compared to nothing, right? And I guess in our minds we're always gonna like be, this is kinda like this or whatever. But when I make stuff, I don't really say like, I kinda make YouTube videos compared to nothing. <clears throat> and stuff that I would watch that isn't necessarily already out there if I was just a fan. Like, it all goes back to that stuff, too. Um, and I, the best inspiration is just, like, putting yourself in different life situations that you wouldn't normally. It's like saying yes to that thing that you don't necessarily want to go to because you're tired. But you don't know if, like, you might get a good story out of it. or Like, you go just to mess with people or whatever. Uh not coming up with any great examples right now, but it's like you know you're too tired to go to the store, and you're like, what could happen? I'm gonna go to the store, and then you go and something crazy happens, or you just make an observation or you think about something just because you're in a different space in a different way than you, you know, would normally think about it, and that turns into like a tweet or a joke or a song or whatever. You just never know where you're gonna pick stuff up, but if you like are just in your house at all times which it's super easy and comfortable to do and like that's where all the food is (laughs) but uh eventually like you're you just kind of fall asleep you know and you stop making like new and exciting stuff and you just make what you're used to and what you're comfortable for so just challenge yourself and put yourself in different weird positions I think that's the best inspiration
0: so I I have uh, a different way of saying something similar which I I recommend young people especially within reason Mm -hmm. and that's be a yes so so pick a day where pretty much no matter what somebody says to you within reason yeah you go okay yes yeah. and I, I was talking to somebody that did that and all of these things opened up and he's like I wasn't gonna go to like this bar mitzvah I just didn't want to deal with it mm-hmm. it was like a distant relative and then this happened and I'm so glad I went so sometimes when you go with that mentality of a yes you just open to whatever's gonna happen yeah you know you're not going in with a dark cloud over your head or like a martyr you're just it's like, so easy I'm in
1: let's do it's it It's so easy to like there's always a million reasons not to do something. exactly I heard that somewhere yeah. and that's like so true the the Uh, music producer who taught me the whole working smarter Mm -hmm. as opposed to working harder thing, I met at a show that I didn't even want to be a part of Of at all. I was like, no one's going to go here and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, like, I'm kind of half in and half out, so I'm playing my songs and making people laugh just to keep myself, like, in it. Right, right. And next thing you know, like, this big, tall, blonde Swedish lady comes up to me, and it's his wife, and she's like, my husband wants to talk to you. I was like, we're in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I'm not having this experience here. And she's like, yeah, he found the Jonas Brothers, and he, uh, Katy Perry and all that, and now he wants to talk to you. And I'm like, dude, I'm... I'm halfway out here. There's a pizza place next door and then I'm going home to play video (laughs) games for the rest of the night and you're screwing all that up.
0: (laughs) With (laughs) your success. Right,
1: but you never know like where you're going to, like if I didn't go there, I don't know, you know, I'm sure my life would be similar but different.
0: Well, there was something you said to me um, earlier that I, I really liked. I think it's very germane for young people trying to find their way. And that's not just like this sort of working harder, smarter thing. One part of working smarter is learning the jobs of those people around you mm-hmm. so a lot of people think i don't know for whatever reason they're too good or they don't care they're not curious they don't but if you want to be a comedian for instance man it helps to know like how does the club well, how does a club person get paid like how yeah. does the booking agent get paid how does
1: how do you time out a show
0: all of that stuff yeah and so if you can learn this is something that you guys can apply to any career if you can learn the importance in the in the you're not going to be an expert, but learn how other people around you do their job. You're going to be better at your job. It's and you're going one... to appreciate how they do their job and, and help them yeah. help you.
1: Well, two things. It's like appreciating people and being like genuinely good to them, right. not just like surface level good right, to right, them. Right, right, uh, That has gotten me more jobs than my talent has. <laughs> I'm just a nice person. And people are like, I want to keep the nice guy around, you know? Right. Way before I was good at anything, I was getting jobs for being nice. Right. And, like, it just makes you more valuable. It adds value to you if you know... Like, you could be replaced in a second if you do something even well, but people don't like you. Right, like, totally. Get out.
0: But it's not just that. I mean, you're being humble again. I, I, you are a nice guy, and you have empathy for other people. Thank but you. I need but, you, but you get better at, at, at what you're doing when you understand how it dovetails with somebody else. Like, if I don't understand how the director here works, and I'm, like, moving my chair, and I'm doing all these crazy things that are mm-hmm. not good on camera, that's going to make... It's going to make me look not as professional as professional. Appears to make the director's job harder. Right. We're not going to want and to like work you together. You know
1: what's going on. Right. But then if you do, you're like...
0: I can put up a facade that appears that, <laughs> I, that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, perfect. <clears throat> so I mentioned your philosophy, which I had to, I had to put in the, in the intro there, about making other people smile by making yourself happy. Mm-hmm. You're a comedian, dude. You're supposed when to be... When did I
1: say that? Where was what is that it from? Out. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's good. Yeah.
0: No, I got, I got it off the internet. You
1: engrave it on something. I'll I say a, a lot. Of-
0: Put it on a mug. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put my name under it. Give
1: me a piece of that. So, Papa likes paying rent. <laughs> but the thing about that is... I also is, call myself Papa.
0: I know, that was weird. That's cool
1: with everybody.
0: <laughs> I don't believe you even have children. So that's really weird. I don't,
1: not, I'm practicing. That you know of. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: we can say that because we're on a college campus. Good. Um, but, you're, dude, you're a comedian, so you can't say things like that. Like You can't let that get out. You're supposed to be bipolar, angry, yeah alcoholic probably and you're the same type horrible of parents yeah, yeah. And yet, you had a supportive <laughs> parents you have supportive parents mm-hmm. how do you think you're ever gonna succeed in comedy <laughs> you just don't have the stuff
1: um, I'm trying to go through the Rolodex of like things that I, I should not say on your show come on um,
0: no, but seriously, when you talk to other comedians, you're in that world. Mm-hmm. Is that a stereotype, or is that sort of reality? Is there a lot of confusion well, I mean, and angst? I everyone's in and-
1: comedy because they're they're broken to a certain extent, and I wouldn't totally exclude myself from that. But I also really do enjoy making people happy because mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure I'll be at other points. But when I got really sick, like I was, that was the lowest point in my life. Like I could I could talk about the hour that I would consider the lowest hour in my life. So I know that that exists. I know that I'd never want to be back there again. I know that I might someday when I'm older. Like I have this, this is depressing, but it's kind of, it helps all the happy stuff. I have this thing in my life where I'm like, I was in the hospital when I was 26, 25, 26, whatever it was, and that was the lowest point in my life. And then at the end of your life, like I've seen so many relatives, it's like you go back to the hospital and you yep. either come out or you don't, you right, know? Right. And my whole thing is like, I never want to go back there for any reason. So while I'm here and while I'm anywhere but in there, I'm gonna do whatever I can to make myself happy and to mm-hmm. make other people happy. Right. And it's not like a, maybe that's why I don't know that as like a t-shirt slogan. It's just because like, that's the way I live my life. It's common sense. You know, it's like you could, and other people, you never know, everybody who walks into the club. It's like you never know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, especially with the world the way it is today, it's like you never know who's on, who's down here and who's up here. And, you know, if we can make everyone, with what I say, just be on the same level for 10, 15, 20 minutes, that's awesome. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, I know you said that about your videos at one time. It's like, if I can get somebody's attention, i got to give them something for that attention. If they're well, going to watch my video. Yeah, I'm
1: taking six right. minutes that you'll never right. get back. Right. So I might as well help you enjoy that. Right. Or make, that, make the transition from doing whatever you wanted to do to right. watching my stuff as easy as possible. Or sell
0: more. a T-shirt while you're at it.
1: Or sell a T-shirt. Just a <laughs> six-minute commercial about a T-shirt. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll take the next uh, student's question.
1: Uh, hey, um, man. So, last year you were nominated for a Shorty Award, Funniest YouTube Comedian. Yes. Um, so, what exactly... It's kind of an open-ended Lost, question. Lost, by the way. Didn't get it. <laughs> um, so, but what exactly does... Nominee. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what exactly does being funny mean to you? Kind uh, of a general question, but... Um, I always wanted to be funny, like, when I was younger. I don't think I was legitimately funny until I was, like, 27. And I'm 32 now. So... You know how you all have a friend who are like, all right, man, turn it off for like two seconds. That's enough. No one wants to hear it. That was me for for like 26 years. And then, uh, uh, so I just like it a lot. I like being able to make people smile. I like knowing that somebody's kind of like having a day and then like I could say something. And it was like they never told you they had a day or maybe they had a day yesterday, but today's all right. You know? That's nice. Uh, it's it's really important for me, man. It's like uh, people are so stressed out for so many different reasons, and I like being the buffer. You know, it's like we don't have to talk about the stuff that depresses us all the time. You could have five minutes where you watch a video or you go see stand up, and you know everyone's laughing. It's like you're when you have a really good night at the club, or even the nights when like seven people show up. But everyone's laughing at the same thing. It's like you're just hanging out with friends. You're not allowed to talk because I'll kick your ass out. <laughs> 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 but it's like you're hanging out with like this group of friends and you all get the same inside joke. Like it's a really nice, like it's like it's wearing a blanket. It's a really nice, like cool, comfortable thing.
0: Do you use nights like that just to work on material? Oh god. You yeah. sort of just go, okay, I'm not doing my real routine here, I'm just gonna sort of riff it mm-hmm. and see what works. I'm
1: very lucky to this point, like over the past. Five years, I have my like fifteen minutes that I know I could do and like not think about, yeah, right. and it'll work.
0: Right, you right, know, right. and
1: that's good because if there are nights when things aren't working, I have things <laughs> that do work. Uh, but yeah, I love. But you know, once you
0: do out. your Netflix special, you're not gonna be able to do that anymore. Oh, I'll never. People say are gonna start booing. are like, dude, if I get to the that one. One. <laughs> yeah,
1: do the uh, the what about the chicken? Yeah. Do the chicken stuff. Uh, I bought my ticket for the chicken stuff. You know,
0: like Steve Martin said that in his autobiography. Yeah. He did like 15 years of the same jokes, and then he was on Saturday Night Live or and Tonight Show or year. something.
1: And, then, <laughs> and people were like heckling him, like, do something, And
0: He's yeah. like, this is all I got.
1: I went to Fairfield University, and we had Dave Chappelle doing this amazing stand-up. And we, this is before the Chappelle Show, before right, all this right. stuff. And people were like, do that line from Half Baked. And I was like, yo, idiot white kid, really, you're
0: bro. messing up so right. bad right now. Wow. That line from Half Baked. It
1: was bad. Oh, it was so bad, because he's up there. This is like right before the Chappelle Show, which is arguably like yeah. the pinnacle of his career, maybe. Yep. Yep. And we got him. And he's just right here. Right. And he's saying that. He's like, I'm here. Like, go back to your dorm room and watch the DVD if you want. But I'm here right now. Right, exactly. What a little wasted opportunity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, as soon as I get that Netflix special, I'm, I'm... You'll have to come up with new jokes. I will never come up with a new joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hate myself forever. You'll be
0: the old guy in a chair. Let me do that special yeah. for you. How do you deal with hecklers, Lisa, when you get... Oh, that's
1: my... I shouldn't say this shouldn't oh, be Oh, because people internet. will they'll know your secret Yeah, power. and then you become like... I have friends who are like heckler comedians. Like my friend Steve does the Laugh Factory all the time. And he has all these videos on YouTube because he's just smart of him destroying hecklers, because heckling is a stupid thing yeah, to do, right. and you're heckling a smart person. Right, he might be a right. damaged, like, right, sad right, right. person, but that's a smart human They're yeah. up there in a specific building for a reason. It's right, not because right. they're bad and dumb. Slow. right? <laughs> um, they'll get you fast before you even know like what is happening. So um, one of my last headlining spots, I was doing 15 minutes, and I just remember like, bless you, I've been doing like seven minutes over and over again and like I got myself but I want to try new stuff so I need a longer set to try stuff and I was like I'm so excited I have like seven things that I'm going to try which is too many. Mm. <laughs> and then I got up there and this one group was the end of the night when the headliner goes <clears throat> and she was just like wasted and she was with her boyfriend she was just not even good just like yelling right. shit out we, like, she was like yeah. where's the candy? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So there's nothing you can even say. Right, right. Like, what am I it's gonna say? It's Not even say? funny. Right. Check under your seat. I don't <laughs> know. Around, right? And so I had to talk to her, <laughs> and like the dude who booked the show, God bless his heart, was like coming around. You could see him like coming around her chair, like we could throw her out if you want to <laughs> actually tell a joke. Right. Right. Like, no, leave her, man. She's not. She's the only one. Everybody else is kind of enjoying it. But isn't
0: there like a? So I remember, um, like. A, it was Cheech or Chong, With Cheech and Chong were talking about hecklers, and they said, you got to let them annoy the crowd before you, before you pounce on them. Like, yeah. let them be annoying enough and then go, okay, yeah, if gonna you're If you're going to
1: send them out, yeah. they have to be like, everyone has to want that. Right, right. But, like, then you get
0: the cheer. Right.
1: Know, like... And I'm not like a real mean person on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> but me and my friends, and I'm sure some of you had this too, in high school, like, we, we only cut up on each other. Right, and I, I right. come from, you know... We were all uh, just pretty mean East Coast kids yeah. who, like, didn't say anything nice to each other. Right, it ever. Was like, Why would you? The most popular one was the one that could, uh, like, disarm your right. that you say about right. them first, right. yep. you know? Yep. And I grew up a fat kid, so I just have years <laughs> of, like, <laughs> just going back at people. So if somebody wants to say, like, a little meek something in the back of a comedy club, like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and I'm going to, like, use and it. And you're going to kind <laughs> of enjoy it. Oh, I'm going to enjoy it a lot. Because I've been actively trying not to do it since yep. high school. But yep. it's like in your blood. Yeah. So well, like now I get to do this and everyone's kind of, like on your side. Yeah,
0: they put a target mm. on themselves. Kind of, that's a whole different psychology. Oh, if you're I'm not drunk, I, show, why,
1: yeah. you why know? would
0: somebody do it? Don't heckle us, please.
1: And all these, it's like when the people fart on an airplane. That's terrorism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like if I want to go back to the East Coast and I spend $450 on an airplane ticket right. and you're going to fart, no.
0: Do you think they should at least give you notice? Or? No.
1: They should be able to open the window, <laughs> and then you get sucked out at 130,000 miles an hour. <laughs> That's what should happen.
0: Well, I thought you were going to say they should walk down the aisle and, like crop dust everybody. Yeah,
1: and everybody goes, shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Shame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's ask you something, a serious question, if I might. Mm-hmm. I know you don't have a crystal ball. None of us do. But what do you think about this contentious relationship between content creators and YouTube? Or, or we can even expand it if you don't want to slam YouTube. Mm-hmm. anyone that's a platform that lets creators get out there the money that's flowing to the creators like continues to go down what do you mm-hmm. think is going to happen there Are we going to get new platforms is, are the payment terms going to change
1: i don't know man i don't know anything about that stuff i'm just uh i'm always like because i was never the person i don't do like a million views a month so i never i was never like the majority of my income comes from this mm. you know got it um, so, I've always been able to be like, what if there's no this tomorrow and be fine with it? But I'm always going to make stuff. The, the reason I keep making stuff isn't because I get like a minuscule paycheck every month. It's mm-hmm. because like I need to make stuff. It makes me better as a writer to force me to write multiple things a week. Uh, if there's no other jobs going on, because like gig economy and, yep. and yep. permalance, it's like there's always peaks and valleys. You know, December, <clears throat> January, you might have. After the boom, like you might have nothing going on for a couple months, and I'll always have that if I keep going, so it's it's it serves way more purposes than just like financial. Yep. I never know what's going on with that stuff. So it's it's
0: like a distribution channel for you, (laughs) and you're happy with that. Yeah. I'd love to. I saw you get introduced.
1: I'm way more. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm way more interested in maintaining an audience like that because if I mean, even if I'm getting no money, but there's like. 20, 30, 50,000 people watching each video. Right. When I say at the end of those videos that I'm going on tour, those Mm. people are going to show up even if the video's not making money. Got it. You know?
0: I think it's the right way to look at it. I mean, you do hear a lot of content creators complaining about their overlord, YouTube, and how. Yeah, about about how they make. I got 12 uh, cents last month.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't.
0: But I did laugh at one of your intros, not to ruin your bit, but. The guy introduced you as like a YouTube star or something. Yeah. You're like, I'm the
1: guy on that free service. Yeah, that's the best when they put YouTube on my poster. Like it's a right. credit, like right. it's a stand up right. credit.
0: Like other people have NBC or Netflix. Or yeah. HBO. Mine's like, you know
1: that free website? <laughs> he made a video. <laughs> yeah. he actually posted it. This guy has an email address. <laughs> we'll take the next 2 You've seen this first guy on Letterman, and this guy has a Hotmail. How's it going? <laughs> Uh, so, many comedians talk about the in-the-moment uh, humor as being like the most effective. Uh, do you find that to be the case? And if so, what processes have you created to ensure that you're able to get there uh, in live performances? Kind of like now, how you're just riffing off. Yeah, it's my favorite thing, man. That I think uh, at like the base of that, that all comes from like getting made fun of when you're little, and like not even like in a sad way, just like trading back and forth as fast as you possibly can. That's the best, and that's the most fun. And the thing that's the hardest is to, like, um, work on jokes and to figure out how to tell jokes, and, like, that's a science and an art, you know, and that takes years and years. But if you're halfway good at, like, being witty and just being able to, you know, deliver back and forth with people and hold a conversation, one, it endears you to the audience, and two, it kind of... um, If you see a long show, like, you can get tired, and it's like, here's another person coming up, and they're going to tell jokes, and then they're going to leave and then they're going to come up and talk about their, like, couch observations, and then they're going to leave and whatever. It becomes a show. But if you just get up and talk about things that are happening in the room right now, um, that's like when people are like, you know, where do you work or, or what do you do or whatever, it, it snaps everybody out of, like, we're at a show right, right now. And it's more like, oh, we could all experience this. Like, this wasn't written a while ago. Um, and the best performers do jokes that were written years ago but it seems yeah. like it's yeah. all yeah. being made up right there so like that's kind of where you want to get to you know it's that feeling that it's happening right now and it's not happening anywhere else but here so like thank god we're all here experiencing this
0: together. That's I actually favorite. wrote an article about it. It's not all about me, but it, <laughs> but I'll make it about me. Your
1: time on
0: the road. My time <laughs> on the road. No, but about, um, it was uh, you know, what, what um, business people can learn from comedians' presentation techniques. And One of them was, some, some young people think that I don't want to over-rehearse because I'll sound over-rehearse, and it's just the opposite. Yeah. Rehearse the crap out of what you're going to say and then and work to make it it'll sound spontaneous because you're not like struggling and thinking because go to a comedy club as you've gone many times mm-hmm. go to a comedy club and watch the same show twice watch you know maybe you have to sit through a couple other acts and the guy or lady comes back out up and watch the wait staff you can tell the new jokes because the wait staff will laugh right mm-hmm. and, but they're like oh this is the most boring show I've ever seen because I just saw it, you know an hour and a half ago and yet the audience is cracking up. And it sounds super spontaneous. Like, how can that person do that? He's covered up with all of that right yeah. now. And it's, it's even not. more
1: impressive for the waitresses. Yeah. like, how are you not laughing right now? It's hilarious. <laughs> right, right,
0: right, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same sort of thing if you're giving a presentation. Practice it so much that it, you can just give it glib. It sounds like it's the first time mm-hmm. you've ever said it. And you're not. You're, you, know, you have that hesitancy in your voice that you often have when you're trying to remember what you're yeah. going to say.
1: You... Uh, I think it's the Jerry Seinfeld thing he was talking about. There's the part of your brain that explains and there's the part of your brain that recites mm. and you always want to work to get it to the explaining part. Like you're just telling somebody a story. As right. soon as it sounds like you're reading off of cards but yeah. you're just like going from memory, right. like people zone out and stuff like I saw a couple people they zoned already, out already. Oh, they zoned out. First 5 minutes. Oh, I saw man. a kid kind of sleeping. Can we, we put an icon over out. their head like an emoji? <laughs> it's this with the Sims yeah. whatever the Sims yeah. have when they go to sleep. Right.
0: Um, we're gonna do that. So be careful. We found you. We found you. Um, so you did
1: a bunch of the. And I know... Steve. What if that kid's <laughs> name was Steve? What if that kid's a little bit stoned and he fell asleep and his name is Steve? He was like, Oh, why did I to take this class? Then How did he know? know? How did he know? <laughs>
0: you can read minds, right, so you, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Try to stay out of their minds for another minute. I now. will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. So on your your walkie-talkie videos where you know you you would vlog with a. Um, with a selfie stick or whatever. Nope.
1: You would just. I just s- held the camera. No, you did. Your arm is like, you at Jack's length. Come I'm on. I'm 120 years old. i have way before the selfie stick. I was holding like a camera like that, like a DSLR camera. So that's
0: why you're you you got the gun. Yeah,
1: I look like a highlight player if I take my clothes off. <laughs> I have one jacked arm, and the, the other one's like emaciated. Looks like a piece of spaghetti.
0: All right, sorry, no selfie sticks involved. You should no have had that sticks. like flashing underneath. <laughs> yeah, no selfie that's sticks. That's
1: the impressive part of what I'm doing. <laughs> my arm He is doesn't even have a stick that long. <laughs>
0: But I like the way you described those. You, you called them at one point advice you wish someone had given you when you were young, yeah. even though you wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> yeah. so I think it's a good description at the time.
1: <coughs> That's like big Bex- stuff in college, too. Like well, so these, many things like students. this, man. I feel like, oh, if I had this. It's just you get places, like common sense places, quicker if you learn to like listen in a certain specific way and retain real life advice. Right, Like a lot of stuff goes in one ear and out the other just because you guys hear it constantly. But once in a while you hear like a sentence uh, that just like skips you forward a couple months in your life and you're like, oh, I won't worry about any of that because that guy said that one thing at that time.
0: I, I, there's so much truth to that. I mean, I've been doing this for a number of years and I remember when I went to school, the things that I do remember were speakers that came mm-hmm. up. They told anecdotes. They told stories. They talked about... I don't remember what the professor well, said. Well, you
1: relate it to like it's real like, life and then it makes sense. And
0: it sticks and it stays in there and, mm-hmm. and, and I used even some of those things when, when I was in business. Yeah. But did you have a, a mentor besides your parents? Did you have someone in your life that was giving you advice? Maybe you listened to it or didn't listen to it. I'm always encouraging students to get a mentor. Do you have one now?
1: Uh, no, like... <coughs> the I have ghost of George Carlin have, like, or? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. Oh. How awesome if I had, like, a George Carlin hologram
0: <laughs> right. that I just turned off. Mike, let me talk to you about your show.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> You're kind of stealing from me all the time. Um, I don't have, like, a dude who I'm, like, or, or anyone who, right. I'm, like, every Thursday we go and have no. mentor sessions. Right. I wish I did because I have friends in L.A. who do do that with, like, other comedians. Right. Every comedian I would want to do that with wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh... Was learning more about my friends as i as i think about them uh but
0: were there's people when there were there people in your past like i mean a music producer yeah, yeah, yeah. The, or a show uh, somebody that owned a club or yeah
1: the guy who came up to me at the at the show i didn't want to be at his name is mike mangini and he uh you know his his credits are on everything i, I think he has a grammy for who let the dogs out so wow. just stay seated. We have him to blame clapping. for that. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, hey man, when that came out, if you were at like a, like a, a minor league baseball game yeah. and somebody played Who Let the Dogs Out while somebody's yeah. shooting t-shirts into the audience, yeah. it's the best day of my life. i want them Why are all these triple XL t-shirts? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, they got to make sure they fit is the reason. Yeah. Uh, but he told me a lot of stuff that I you know that I carry and that I remind myself the first woman who taught me comedy in Connecticut her name was uh Christine O'Leary and she was the one who taught me dude I came into her class uh with seven or eight notebooks I was like well into YouTube like vlogging stuff Mm -hmm. and I was like I'm just gonna translate my videos whatever and then I have all these stand-up jokes about like sex and and drugs and stuff like that. And this is all going to be funny. It's going to kill in the bar scene. Right. And she looked at me on the first day, and she was like, I just want you to know that just because you're in your 20s and you're white and you're a dude, you don't have to be an a- <laughs> <laughs> And so I just took all the books and I put them over here. And I was like, let's learn from the beginning. Let's like start new. Right. And uh, I hear her voice in my head every time I, I write a joke. And... Uh, that's how you remember the people who teach you like the best stuff it's like right. you you literally hear them in your head as you're doing what you love so trying she, not to mess up
0: i mean it sounds like she was trying to help you find your voice like you yeah. had a voice
1: mm-hmm.
0: right of, of of things derivative things you had sort of ripped yeah. off and whatever. even
1: at, at that point i was still performing for like over 10 years at that point you know like, smack dab in the middle of, like, right. you think you kind of know what's going on, but right, right. you never totally know what's well, going
0: that's, on. Well, I think that's what mentors can do for you. Like, they've got the perspective. A lot of times they're older. They've been around the block. They've seen mm-hmm. it. And they can give you that, that feedback that yeah. you... That
1: More people ask me to be, like, a YouTube or a comedy mentor. Oh, really?
0: Charge for it, man.
1: Dude, I, well, that's another thing. Some kid comes up to you and you're like, I just moved here. I'm 20 years old. Uh, I kind of have nothing, but I would love to just pick your brain. You're like, good. Okay, five hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, you should. There's like, no way. You got a hundred spot?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just mugging. And then these take kids. it. Go
0: first lesson.
1: Yeah, give me your sneakers. I'll tell you how to upload a video. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a <laughs> deal. Well,
0: it depends on the sneakers. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, <laughs> we'll out take out the, last, nice. the last, the last <laughs> question. Despite starting out as a musician, you branched out into comedy, writing, and even designing T-shirts. Uh, how did you pivot into these other fields, and what advice would you give to those that only have their eyes set on one area of expertise to excel in?
1: Um, I always like took it personally when I was doing both and uh, in YouTube at the same time. When people would be like, "You got to pick one, or else no one's gonna. You're not gonna be able to easily explain to people what you do." So, like, I just gave this example to your other students. It's like, if I, if you had a YouTube channel where you talk about shoes and he wanted to know about it and you were like, "Mike, what does that kid do?" And I was like, "Oh, he talks about shoes on YouTube." You instantly know what he does, so you're going to go there or not, you know. If I'm telling you about my older YouTube channel, I'm like, "Well, I do music. I was a musician." Well, it's like it's like being an alcoholic. Like I am a musician still, but I don't play music. But like I like comedy and like I'm learning about it and I'm not good yet, but like I do funny things. And so you're like, okay, I'm gonna go watch The Sneaker, <laughs> you know? It's just, you zone out after a while. Um, but then I was like, it was just such a seamless transition. I literally just got tired of writing songs, and I didn't feel the same way about my music shows as I would after a good comedy show. And like, bad comedy show, it's like, that's as close to rock bottom as you could possibly get. But good comedy show is like, I hung out with God for a little while and he said, everything's fine. Uh, Or she, I don't know what's going on up there. Uh, Or over there, (laughs) I don't know where it is. Um, I'm working myself into a real weird hole on that one. But uh, it just makes it more, I I think you've got to do as much. It's possible until you know for a fact that you want to go one way. You know, you should always be open to a lot of stuff. The more stuff you do, the more experiences you'll have, and you'll have like a bunch of places to draw from the experience that you're putting into like, if you like doing comedy, but you tried to be a cook forever, like you have all those experiences and like lessons that you learned being a cook that you could bring into comedy, like everything. Just because you tried to do a bunch of stuff and you don't do that anymore doesn't mean like that was wasted time. It just means like that's what you did, and you're this now, and you have all the stuff to back it up, you know?
0: And we know that that's true because we had a speaker that was a chef, and he ended up being one of the fathers of CGI. He went from being a chef to creating, you know, basically what we know today is computer-generated He went
1: from things that you could enjoy in real life
0: to things you could act, act like you were enjoying <laughs> the, in a the virtual way. it's things
1: that way. taste like almost
0: nothing. Almost nothing. <laughs> so how does that... So when somebody comes up to you today at a party or something, and you're not trying to be funny, you're just trying to be serious, mm-hmm. What? and they say, what do you do, Mike? What, what do you do? How do you answer that question?
1: I just say I'm a comedian now.
0: And they go, but you're not very funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... Um, why but are we even talking? That's going to be... Right,
0: right, right. No, but that, that's... How, what kind of reaction do you get when you say that to people?
1: Um, usually, it, it all depends on the setting, but if I'm with, like, family or, like, people from home or not in Los Angeles or right, in a big right. city, when you tell people you're a comedian, you're like, oh, we'll say a joke.
0: Oh, they get excited. I thought they were going to feel bad for you and go, oh, you're unemployed. Oh, okay. Um... Mm, mm. They think you're part of Hollywood. It's and...
1: real weird. I can't say... When people look at me, they think I'm unemployed, and that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's always, like, I'm, I'm used to that, the weirdest possible conversation. Because if I say, like, I do YouTube stuff, that's right. another, depending right. on who you're talking to, it's right. another three-hour conversation. Yeah, you watch YouTube. Like, oh, you're a cat. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, cool, you're a cat who found some pie, and yeah. now you have 15 million views. Yeah. Uh, like, no, nah, man, I put... And then, like... They just think your are whatever YouTube video that they've seen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, oh, you fell off your bike onto some ice, so and you, now you live in Los Angeles.
0: And you, So you find the easiest way is just to say I'm a professional comedian. Comedian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my last question t- dovetails with being a comedian, being a musician, putting yourself out there. Um, another lesson for students, any, any, any words of wisdom on how you've dealt with the haters? Because no matter how good you are, no matter what you do, When you put yourself out there, there's going to be the trolls, the haters. Mm -hmm. What's what's your strategy?
1: I don't know if it's because I kind of mm, am finding success when I'm older. And I was made fun of a lot when I was little. I just like, if I see a YouTube comment or like a negative tweet or whatever, it doesn't even really register. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that to be like above it or whatever, because I'm not. <laughs> like, you say something that hurts my feelings, I'm going to go back and try to hurt your feelings, and it's going to be awesome for a couple hours. You know? <laughs> um, but it really doesn't even register. Because, because they don't know
0: you? Is that why? Because just... they don't
1: know me. So yeah. I'm like, how could you even really hurt me? Right. You don't know anything about right. what I'm doing, or where I came from, or whatever. And then I'm like, consider the source. Because it's normally like, somebody leaves a hair comment on the internet. Their picture it. is not their picture, and their name is not their <laughs> name and address. You know, it's like an egg or it's like right. uh, <laughs> like an emoji, like somebody up an emoji or something like that. They're like, it's a beard. It's me. It's the heart emoji, but it has a beard. So, you know, it's me. <laughs> and then they say something I'm like I'm going to be hurt by that person. Right, right. There's no way. Even in real life, somebody comes up to me and says something like I could size you up. Like, You might be able to beat me up, but I'm not going to take offense to that that's not even funny, right you know
0: well, I think I mean you have to have that kind of thick skin because if you know you start a business, there's going to be a whole contingent of people that tell you it's not going to work, you're mm-hmm. going to fail. Some of them will tell you that because they don't want you to be hurt, other people will tell you that because they're too scared to do it themselves. Yeah, and you just have to they say wish maybe they had
1: done it maybe life. yeah, they yeah. wish they'd yeah, done yeah, it yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think you just have to kind of have the same attitude. Like you don't even know me. You don't even know my venture. You don't really know why I'm doing this. Maybe I'm getting a lot more out of it besides the success as you defined it. Mm-hmm. And just go go on and don't. And with with the internet, it is just it's a frightening place, right? You get attacked on the internet, and it feels horrible. You can allow it to feel horrible. Yeah, but it's like, not say It's your
1: life, man. Right. Right. Like uh, again, <coughs> I'm not getting into anything specific, but like people in general. A lot of them are bummed out there's like this uh, low-hanging cloud of like kind of being bummed out right? right but then it's like you wake up and you're like well if being an American is life liberty and the pursuit of happiness I'm not gonna let whatever's going on f- my pursuit of happiness if that's my right as an American and as a human being you know so it's like you'll figure out when you want to stop doing stuff you'll figure out when you're sad you don't need some anonymous person on the internet to be like Stop, because you have a lisp or whatever. It doesn't matter. You could delete your account, dude. Right, exactly. Like cut your hair. Uh, You could do anything and be however you want, and like all your little nuances or whatever—they just they make you different from everybody else. I have this one friend, my friend Rusty, who talks about—he's a beautiful musician, like amazing songwriter, but he has a gap in between his front two teeth, and that's like a target for internet people. But. That's his thing. Like, if you draw a character of Rusty, that's his thing, you know? And then he has that, and I could have this conversation like, you gotta go see my friend Rusty. He's a a country singer or whatever, like, folk singer. Like, okay, how will I know it's him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has this situation going on between his teeth. (laughs) And then it's kind of a defining characteristic. And in your mind, like, everyone has that thing like, that's why that person's not that person. That's why that person's not that person. And it's so easy to make that the thing that you attack. It's superficial, yeah. Right. But that's the thing that makes you different. Like, there are a million funny people. You're the funny dude with the gap between his teeth. You're David Letterman. And right. then you win. Exactly.
0: <laughs> right. Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're in government. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think on that note, we'll end it. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm.